starts in the slot. Passes to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Hoodat, and welcome back to the Country Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Brendan Ertle. Today, I got a little bit of guest of mine. You guys might know him if you're a fan of Canal Street Chronicles, but I have a new co-host with me. It's Nate Williamson. Nate, please introduce yourself. Tell the people about yourself. What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm Nate. Uh, I pretty much said it all. I, I write for Canal Street Chronicles. I do a little bit of radio work, some podcasting. Uh, I'm a huge Saints fan. I've been a Saints fan since I was... Just a little kid with a number one draft pick, uh, Florida Lee sign on my shirt. I've uh, been around quite a bit. Uh, I used to manage, and Brendan was there too at Cover 32 Saints. So that was a lot of fun. I've been writing about the Saints probably six, seven years now. Feels weird that I'm that old now, but uh, I'm excited to get going. Excited to be here with you, Brendan, and bring these guys some good content. Yeah, I remember those Cover 32 days, and now look where we are now. Hopefully we can c- compete with Nick Underhill and Kevin Washington, the next duo. That's a tight ask, Brendan. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> as long as well, you the people don't games, just have to listen to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to get. I'll try to get the sources. Yeah, you got to get the sauces, as, as uh, Brian. Yes, said. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, today we're going to be talking a little about Larry Warford, the the surprise to some people. Cut. Uh, they cut him couple days ago and save 7.7 million to their cap and I let's just talk a little bit about that like what were your thoughts when they cut him I was honestly like the first thing that came to mind I think we talked about this a little bit in the group chat from the guys from CSC but I was surprised at the amount of surprise about the cut like it fiscally once you bring in Jameis you brought back Taysom you brought back Andres Pete and you drafted Cesar Ruiz it just made a lot of sense to me. So that was my initial thought was like, why are people shocked about this? You know? Yeah, exactly. And they had like $2 million before that. And what I'm thinking about is like, how are you going to pay all these rookies? You just extend and taste them. However much like 16, 17 million guaranteed. Where's that money going to come from? And I know it made sense in some people's heads. Like, okay, we can bring in Larry Warford to compete for that job to push Caesar or Eric McC- Eric McCoy at that right guard position. But the, at the end of the day, he's a three-time Pro Bowler, and he's not going to come into camp competing for a backup spot, and we owe him $12 million. Like, that just doesn't really make sense to me. So, yeah, like you said, I'm surprised with the surprise, but they need the money. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It, it, it's interesting to see the pieces that they've brought in. And then on top of that, one other thing you have to think about you got guys, you got to extend. I mean, I know there's a big uh, debate over whether we pay running backs or not. To me, we don't, but it is Alvin Kamara. He's more than a running back, so we do. Uh, that's one guy you could extend with some of that money. Ryan Ramchek, obviously you pay tackles. That's a necessity, to say the least, uh, especially if you're looking at maybe, possibly, Brennan throwing a curveball at you going forward with Jameis Winston as your quarterback after this year. We'll see. But uh, it, it could be interesting for sure. You need a solid offensive line in front of him. Give him some time. Yeah, exactly. And, like, adding to your point, like, we have Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchak, Alvin Kamara, Marcus Williams, all these people who want to get – touch a little bit of that money. So 
I mean, they got to get that money from somewhere. Larry Wolford just didn't fit into the picture. And another point is, like, there's some free agents out there that are like, – they should be on a 53-man roster right now. You can see, like, Everson Griffin, Logan Ryan, Cameron Wake, people like that who can just come in and make an immediate impact. Yeah, there definitely is. Uh, we were talking kind of, like, when this first happened, even guys like Eli Apple, you know, we still have that need at corner. Uh, it's still evident. Didn't address it in the draft. Uh, and, you know, you like it or not, Eli could be uh, one of those guys. I, I'm not sure if he's signed with anybody yet, though. i got to be honest. I haven't seen. It's hard to keep track of all 32. But Yeah, he, he had that deal with the Raiders that just fell through, and I don't know what happened there, but he, he hasn't had any interest at all. So I don't know what happened there at all. Just sign him for a vet minimum. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, it won't it won't hurt you. Like, he comes in and camp, he sucks. Okay, just cut him. Yeah. I mean, death at the corner position is huge. And, like, in that Minnesota game, when, I don't know, like, Marshawn, like, rolled his ankle and Patrick Robinson comes in and just gets burnt, they lose. It's like having that depth is so important. Yeah, no doubt. It, it It's kind of like one of those things. You see it all the time with guys getting hurt. Uh, especially it seems like with this Saints team, you run through that. Uh, even last year, obviously, Drew Brees was out for a couple games. But the depth at every position is what makes this team strong. And I really do think, like you said, depth at corner is going to be one of the most important parts of it. We've seen a couple of years in a row where defense has really let us down towards the end. So uh, that was something they really wanted to address in the offseason. And uh, as far as a guy way down the pecking order, Apple would be a great guy to have around. Cause even if he does great, he's going to earn himself some money somewhere else after this deal is done. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's just so rare to see a cornerback play all 16 games. Like even Marshawn missed some time. Junior Shinkins was banged up a little bit, but this, the, another thing is the saints. I feel like they've always had that third pass rusher. I know they love Davenport and I love, I, I know they love the prospect of him, but I'm not really sure about Trey Hendrickson yet. I mean, he's a, he's he's had his moments, but they've always had that third pass rusher, whether it's Alex Okafor, uh, Junior Gallette. I mean, bringing in a guy like Everson Griffin or like Cameron Wake, I don't I don't know what their market is right now, but I feel like it's wouldn't be over five six million dollars. I mean, why not yeah, spend if, on a guy like that? If you're still around at this point, you got to think you're affordable. I mean, and that that sounds horrible because obviously. Even who we're talking about here today, he's a great player. You know, like we said, three Pro Bowls in a row. He did let up the team high in pressures last year. Uh, but, you know, in a, in a line that's that good, that's still not very many. I think it was like 33 or something, which isn't horrible at all uh, in a fairly newer system. But uh, Larry Warford is a pretty big ticket free agent. So if you're still around, you're probably pretty affordable unless you're cut late. And uh, Everson Griffin, I think his deal, he voided a couple of years on his contract, if I'm right. And uh, it hasn't paid off for him yet. So that's one name for sure. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and like you said, like, your offensive line is only good as the weakest link. And for some reason, Larry Wilford just – he had his moments where it was like, oh, come on. It was just like – but like, bringing in Caesar and Eric McCoy, like, it's it, – you get younger, you get cheaper – hopefully faster and Caesar's such a smart guy. So hopefully that, that they can bolster into like more of a top five offense line to a top three into one of the better offensive lines. And they also have Nick Easton and Cameron Tom who are competing. Oh, Will Clapp as well competing for a roster spot and having Larry Warford on the roster. It, there were just no room for him. 
Yeah, no doubt. It would have been nice to see him be able to trade him away, but uh, a lot of people, especially when this first happened, were like, well, why couldn't we trade him? I'm not sure there was any interest in at the guard position in a class that I think had a lot of promising guards at the back half of the class of this NFL draft. Now, they're not going to come in and compete like a three-time pro bowler right away, uh, but he's 28. Uh, I'm kind of surprised at the lack of trade interest in our boy here. Well, not our boy anymore in Larry Warford, but it, it's just kind of goofy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when I saw – I checked on my Apple Watch. I saw the cut him. I was like – I was I was surprised that like it was that early and there wasn't like trade interest, but I kind of thought about it more. Think about the team like the New York Jets. Like, do you think they'd trade a fifth or sixth round pick for a guy that's going to cost twelve million dollars right now, or wait for him to get cut and pay him like half that? Like Ian Rapport tweeted out today that uh, he he could be worth. He's looking for seven million dollars. So even that just five million dollar difference is is can be big for a team. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I like that point, and it could be that's one of the ways we see him go. I, I, I like that, and if you can get him for that much and you can ink him down, maybe even somehow raise that figure a little bit and get him for a couple of years, he's only like 28 years old, so it, it would be really impressive for a team that's trying to build something, and uh, in my opinion, it all starts with the big guys in the trenches, so that would be a huge pull for a team. I completely agree. And just having, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was the second highest cap on the team. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think that was going to fly. I don't know if they tried to restructure his contract or whatnot, but it just wasn't enough space for him moving forward, especially with Caesar. Caesar's maybe a surprise pick, but I know they didn't, Sean Payton especially wasn't very happy with Larry Warford uh, with his weight problems and what else not. No, I definitely agree. And he came in saying that Larry was going to have to fight for a spot. And little did we know Sean meant a spot on another team. But that's probably Twitter Sean Payton at it again. Yeah, it's it's like Sean Payton does this almost every year. He kind of calls a shot at a guy. And he's like, we're coming for your spot. Like he said, we didn't draft Caesar for him to be a backup. He's coming in to start. Mm-hmm. So what's that mean for Eric McCoy or uh, Larry Warford? It's, it means – you got to pick it up or you're gone. And they just fast forward the process and said, you're gone. And I, that's just Sean Payton for you. That's just what it is, what he is. Yeah. And, and that mentality, it's so nice to see. Cause it's like we said uh, during the NFL draft, we were all saying this team's in win now and, and a little bit win later, of course, you saw some additions that point to that, but when you're in win now, you have to have that kind of mindset. So this aggressiveness from Peyton, even more so the normal aggressive, even sometimes passive aggressive Sean Peyton is nice to see. I like it. Yeah. And I like how you just said it's, it's win now and it's also win later because your offense line gets better in the long run. They have a pretty young offense line besides Toronto Armstead. It, it's a pretty young, solid core. Now I know people probably weren't happy about the Caesar pick because Patrick Queen, LSU boy, everyone's Louisiana fans was there. But moving forward, this was a win now because he's such a smart and capable guy right now. But moving forward, they have a solid offense line. And it's like cheap. Like Ryan Ramchek, they'll have to pay. But Eric McCoy and Caesar are going to be on rookie deals for a little bit. Yeah, and it's speaking to them kind of building for the later too, man. I know we're, we're talking about Larry Warford today and I'm sure we'll get to this eventually, but that Zach Bond pick to me, that's building for later and for now. I love what this defense is going to be able to do with him. I'm so excited for that. I had to sneak that in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I 
they do such a good job at drafting, uh, especially in recent years, maybe not before that, but they've done such a good job at retooling, not rebuilding. Like he, Zach Bond might not come in and start right away, but he's going to come in and just fight for more and more playing time. He might try to beat out. I mean, he's never really played the full-on Mike position. Like he's more of like an edge rusher and he's outside linebacker, but they feel confident in like moving him inside and just having that depth and just I just like what I like what they've done this offseason. I do too. And I I I noticed a lot of places grading that pick pretty low, but uh the first two picks off the board for me were great. I I won the episode that is gonna be forever be the lost episode that I lost somehow yesterday. <laughs> uh was talking a little bit about Tommy Stevens and that whole thing too. So I'm sure we'll dive into that because this is the most quarterbacks the Saints have had on the roster for quite some time. I know, and it's it's like a – I think it's unfair to say that they're not the best. I think it's the best quarterback room in the league. I think yeah, you could no, argue the Cowboys, but uh, top to bottom, it's straight talent. It's straight talent, and it is able to almost all be on the field at the same time. You could almost <laughs> run Tommy Stevens, Taysom Hill, Drew Brees, and Jameis Winston out there in a package just to see what would happen. It, and it yeah, and that, might work. <laughs> That Minnesota game, what, two years ago, they had all three, they had Drew, Taysom, and Teddy Bridger on the field at the same time. It's like, that's just so nuts. But, like, it sounds crazy to say out loud, but, like, it can literally happen. It could. And, Sean, if you're out there listening to this, man, please make my day. Make it happen. Let's see all the quarterbacks out there at the same time, please. <laughs> Here's a question for you. How many snaps do you think Jameis Winston will get this year? Like, meaningful snaps. Like, not just kneeing the football. Like, do you think he'll actually get to play? I think they're going to cycle him in because, truthfully, looking at the Saints' schedule, it's not easy. But there's a couple of games where they could probably afford to take it a little bit easy on some of those starter guys. I mean, Drew Brees getting up there, of course. So, I think we'll see Jameis play some meaningful snaps. Uh, If not in the early stages of a game if he's bad you know whatever take him out it doesn't matter you've got him on contract you might as well use him a little bit I think we'll see him just a little bit uh like we've said it's win now uh if he can learn under Drew Brees that's the biggest win of the season honestly yeah for sure and people always bring up like the NBA load management I don't think that's a thing in the NFL but definitely was like a blessing in disguise last year when Drew kind of banged up that thumb and Teddy came in and played so well that he was like fresh and I don't think necessarily they're going to sit Drew out of games or make him play less. But definitely, like, having Taysom have more of a role like he did in the Minnesota game. And so Drew doesn't need to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game. I think that just moving forward this season, cycling in Taysom, cycling in maybe Jameis, just give Drew Brees, like, less of a – less fatigue on a throwing arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm a huge uh, Traquan Smith fan, but honestly, Taysom Hill might be the third best receiver on the show. <laughs> it, it might happen that way. Uh, just what he can do out there, he always can make something happen. Uh, he might have even been the best quarterback in our last game with the only long pass that was completed the whole game, but uh, that that's going to be a hot take, so I'm going to sit that one out for now. <laughs> well, I mean, just to bring that point up again, yeah, it was the only deep ball, and like Drew Brees me throws deep balls. I get nervous, and Ted Ginn's gone, or deep threat's gone. And who's going to be that guy? Could it be Emmanuel Sanders? But yeah, Taysom Hill, they like to play the best 11 players. They're not going to just play the best player each position. They're going to play the best 11, and Taysom Hill's in that best 11. So they're going to put him in wherever he goes. 
And that's also like kind of intrigued about the Adam Trotman pick too, because I think he'll take some snaps away from Taysom, but mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what they want. Uh, just having him play less tight end and maybe more receiver, more quarterback. I think that's kind of their vision for him this year. No, I definitely agree. I think that's a great point. Um, as far as that goes, if you are going to have a guy like Taysom, and honestly, he's a humble dude. We all know his story. Uh, we all know kind of what he's done. And, uh, you know, I think in the age of media, when he said, you know, I want to play quarterback, you know, people ripped him up, people laughed, whatever. You're going to have that no matter what. I could say, uh, I don't know, I walked outside today and somebody will probably try and tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, but if you have a guy like that, and clearly he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, he's going to be willing to do whatever it takes to A, win, and B, show that he's a good player and can hang around in the NFL and get paid more than what he's currently going to get, which is a decent bit with the you know, cap and everything, but or the restricted free agents tendency. But, uh, you know, I, I think we made a big deal over Taysom saying he wants to play quarterback. I think we're going to see him out on the field in the wide receiver spot a decent bit by all standards. Yeah, I completely agree. And, I, like, having him on the field is, like I said, he's the best 11. And I know he wants to play quarterback, I, but right now he wants to play football. And pl- him right now, his role is going to be playing any position on that offense, like period. He can play freaking center. Put him at center. You can, he literally can do anything. And I think <laughs> the big thing about the media is they won't be on your side till they see it. And the, what I mean by that is he's completed like, what, six, seven passes in the NFL? Mm-hmm. And – I don't know if you've seen this stat, but Jameis Winston has completed 10 passes to the Saints and 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if we see Taysom implement, implemented more at the quarterback position and start to get more completions and be more involved at that quarterback position, I think the media will start growing on him. Like Lamar Jackson, no one said he could play quarterback because he's just a straight athlete and can just run the football. Look what he's done. Yeah, definitely. You get any guy – that has that kind of athletic ability in the right system. Um, you can bring the passing along. You can bring the passing IQ along when you want. That dude's got the physique. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Taysom Hill, whoever you want to think I'm referring to, because I'm referring to both of them. I'm not going to compare the two, obviously, but there's some difference there. But truthfully, I agree with you. I, I think Taysom is more than what a lot of us, including myself, give him credit for. So um, whether it's with the Saints down the road or not, it'll be really interesting. But uh tie it all together that's one of the people they're gonna look maybe into paying with warford being gone and everything i also just saw uh for breaking news purposes which won't be breaking when this comes out the dolphins paid Tua four years 30 million dollars wow with a fifth year team option that is a lot of money (laughs) that's a ton of money and especially a guy you need to keep healthy Mm -hmm. and bring it back to right back to caesar Having the offensive line, no matter who's at quarterback, having a great offensive line, your quarterback will improve better. Just having that that time and that space, it's huge. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. The offensive line is where it all starts for me. Uh, you got to have guys that know what they're doing. You got to have guys that are gritty and want to be there. To me, it all starts at the offensive line and the big guys in the trenches. You got to have guys that are smart. You got to have guys that are gritty and going to get the job done. Cesar Ruiz is going to play with passion. Come in, get that job done. He's a rookie. He's got a lot to prove, and he's going to be angling for the type of contract. Not quite what we're going to see for Ryan Ramchek because he plays the guard in the center position, but uh, in that 
category for his position class. So he's going to come in and fight for a couple of years to see what he can do with this Saints team. And that all starts with a team that has Super Bowl potential. I don't think it's unfair to say in this Saints team this year. Absolutely not. I think they're in win-now mode. I think this is their year to do it. Whether there's fans in the stadium or not, I think this is their year. We don't need uh, fans in the stadium. We'll just pull an Atlanta Falcons and flood fake music in, fake sound. Dang, you beat me to it. That was literally my next line. You literally beat me to it. One of us had to do it. (laughs) Whether or not when we're on the road in Atlanta, doesn't matter what's going on because that stadium's going to be completely empty. Yeah, we're so used to playing there without fans there. It's not going to matter. Yeah, exactly. I'm a huge soccer fan, and Atlanta United FC is really popular in Atlanta, and they fill that place. Like, they fill it. You just know the Falcons just don't click there. They just don't click there. Right? I, I, don't know, I don't know what the thing is. On Sunday. I know. I don't. <laughs> that might be the worst part of all. I honestly, I would go to a soccer game there, not a football game, just for that reason. Soccer, <laughs> it's usually played. They have games on Saturday. Good to go. Get me some Chick-fil-A. Watch a football match. It's such a shame because that stadium's actually low-key nice. It's it, so it is. Dope. I'm going to admit it. It's definitely up there with Las Vegas for stadiums that I want to go to, for sure. Yeah, and Saints are going to be the first game ever to play in that radio stadium, too. Which is so cool. It's so appropriate. You got two head coaches that are so fun, too. I feel like they would be like, if I had to pick a coaching duo, we can do this sometime. Pick a coaching duo to go to a bar with. I feel like (laughs) those two head coaches would be two of my picks because that would be hilarious. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know if, I, I, I never knew this, but I was watching uh, Gruden's quarterback camp. He was actually with in Philadelphia with Gruden, and Sean Payton was there too. So they were oh. actually really close. I didn't know that. Huh, very realistic then. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're good friends, so let's make it happen. Yeah, no doubt. Somebody set that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It's probably a lot more fun listening to both of us, and especially such a smart guy like Nate. So moving oh. forward, we're going to be doing it this way. So. Hope you guys enjoy. Nate, you can say peace. Peace. Who dat? Who dat?